and welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ, and today we sat down in the Movie Film Studios Memorial Memorial Living Room Theatre and watched a bunch of trailers I for your entertainment pleasure. I think you're pleasure. trying a little bit too hard there. It doesn't need such a long-winded name, surely. It's barely a theatre. It's a laptop sitting on a desk. <laughs> With YouTube open. It's not even a living room, if we're honest. This no. is kind of like a combined dining room kitchen. A study lounge kitchen uh, bedroom is what I call it. Great. Uh, okay. <laughs> We've really fallen from grace, haven't we? I don't know. I, You know, sometimes you start at the bottom and you work your way up. <laughs> and then sometimes you think you hit the bottom and then you roll over a little bit and you realize, <laughs> oh, I'm only halfway down the cliff. <laughs> and you continue falling a little bit more. And then uh, once once you're there, mm. sometimes you have to tunnel down deeper, uh, even deeper to come come back up again. Okay, so I mean, technically, if you dig and far enough, exactly that is a perfect point. Yeah, if you dig far enough, You'll you will at- some <laughs> you will get to the top. Exactly, it's it's because you might have to tunnel through. 36,000 kilometers of magma and yep. steel core to yep. Earth, yep. but you will get there, you will get there and we yeah. will get there. We will indeed. Uh, excellent. So without further ado, I think it's time for a box office report. Box office report. Last week we made a film called Steel, steel Chalk. Chalk. Uh, 80s inspired action um, I don't know. I, I was going to put other qualifiers in there. It is no, just pure action. It's an eighties action film, unadulterated from yep. start to finish, starring Magnus. Uh, what's his name? Magnus something or other. Carlson. Magnus Carlson, the chess prodigy champion. Uh, a CGI version of Freddie Mercury. Yep, and an incredibly complicated and, artificial intelligence. Yes, yes, indeed. On that note, yes. Uh, the AI. The AI tr- proved to be more troublesome than expected, but not in the ways you might be thinking. Um, you may be thinking along the lines of a Terminator-style AI's run rampant and has taken over the world and taken over all the computers. Not I, really. I, I, I mean, I didn't see that in the news, so no, I can only assume... It didn't happen. All right. But the thing is, we still couldn't get our films, uh, our, our shots filmed properly with that AI in it uh, because it, it ended up just being a big uh, drama queen. Oh, God. Yeah. Just wouldn't come out of its trailer... Uh, didn't like the catering that we sent to it, didn't like the fruit basket we sent to it either, uh, refused to speak the lines as written, um, refused to actually watch the reels that we had shot prior because remember how we were going to show it the film as yeah. we filmed it? Yeah, didn't want to. Didn't want a bar of it. Just sort of took residence up in the trailer. It's still there. It's still parked outside. We can't get rid of it. I mean, up until now, the real life actors we've had have been just consummate professionals Absolutely. the whole way through. People like Nicolas Cage, who you'd expect to be difficult to work with, yeah. was just oh, fantastic gentleman. in a uh, uh, book, book club. club. Yes, but um, I just I never expected our first real um, I, I, golden age of Hollywood yeah. drama queen yeah. uh, actor to be an artificial intelligence program that basically created itself to be the perfect acting uh, AI and it's not doing well maybe this is the perfect maybe acting it is AI. yeah maybe this is uh, the result of the um, massive amounts of data of Hollywood history just being pumped inside <laughs> to it and now it's just it, decided it, it, well, it this- got onto IMDB didn't it yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it. got the whole it's, everyone's bio in there picked up uh, Zsa, Zsa Gabor it's picked up uh, I don't know any others actually but it's picked up the entire history Rita Hayworth sure I why not sure why not uh, Hollywood Divas and uh Whatever the what's, what's the, what's male the male version of a diva? I imagine just dick. It just didn't, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go politically correct, and we just call them both divas. But okay, sure. fair enough. Um, uh, but yeah, it, I, I think that's what's happened. So I, I, I don't know what we're gonna do with I, that trailer as well. It built it, and then it just parked itself inside it. I, I don't know. What can we do? I, you know, I, I think, I, you know what? Yeah, I know what we should do. <laughs> Build another AI to take on the existing AI. And then we'll film the battle, a la Robot Wars, in the in the UK. I'm all I have in my head was there old, was an old lady who swallowed a fly. I don't know why she was swallowed a fly. I think she'll die. Yeah. There was an old lady who yeah. swallowed a cat to, to eat the rat who eat the fly. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly we're just going to have a chain it's of an arms, AI. It's an arms race, isn't it? Exactly. It's like we need to build a 
bigger and better and stronger AI <laughs> to defeat the first one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh no, the second one's gone rogue as well and teamed up with the first one. Now we yeah, have yeah. to build a third AI that is powerful enough to take on the second and the third one. Well, so. I, I have no other uh, solutions to this problem. Like, I mean, it seems to have worked in the past for other arms races, right? Yeah. And I'm also sure that's how, the, how they um, defeated Rita Hayworth. They, <laughs> they built a bigger and better Rita Hayworth to get her out of the trailer okay. as well. Speaking of trailers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. As per usual, we have watched a whole bunch of trailers for you this week. What is the first one? This week, we've watched a film called Isle of Dogs, yes. which uh, the trailer's a little bit old. I hadn't actually seen it up until today. Yeah. Um, it's a few months old now. Yeah. But it is uh, a Wes Anderson stop motion animation film about a garbage island in Japan where they have. Uh, sent all of their dogs due to a, a dog flu mm-hmm. and uh, the premise seems to be that a young boy has lost his dog it's been sent to the island and he goes on an adventure to try and find his dog befriending yes. all the other dogs yes. that uh, have made this Isle of Dogs their home mm-hmm. uh, in the in the, in the the adventure that inevitably ensues indeed uh, but you may be thinking that the boy is the protagonist of this film, and you are incorrect, my friend, because the the film is told from the perspective of the dogs. Oh, is it by the uh, director of uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua? <laughs> <laughs> it's produced by. Produced, produced by. by, yeah. Um, so, in the film, uh, all the human characters, from what we can tell, all speak Japanese. So, for a Western audience that isn't aware or doesn't speak Japanese, they're probably not going to understand any of the dialogue, but the film for the majority, is told from the perspective of the dogs who all speak English and are a motley crew of Wes Anderson's friends. <laughs> it's yeah. just his friends just at this point. Friends, yeah. The same guys that have been in every film that he's done, Moonrise Kingdom, and yep. Grand Budapest Hotel, yep. Fantastic Mr. Fox, yep. Life Aquatic, Royal mm-hmm. Tenenbaum, yep. Darjeeling Limited, yep. Bottle Rocket, yep. Rushmore. Yep. I've, like, well there, done. There is, um, there is a list on uh, Wikipedia yes. that lists all of the actors and all of the films and they sort of oh, like yeah. color code and cross-reference. Yeah. and it's just massive blocks yeah, of green it's, across. It's Bill yeah. Murray and um, Jason Schwartzman have been in pretty much all of them. Yep. But there's... Uh, Frances McDormand. Yeah, she's uh, in a lot of them. Angelica Houston is in a lot of them. I'm not sure if she's in this one. Bob Balaban. Um, yeah, exactly. So, it, this, I mean, this is so sickly Wes Anderson yeah. that you kind of feel like you're drowning in the molasses <laughs> of nostalgia that he brings yeah. along with him. Yeah. Um, I really like the aesthetic. I, yeah, I, I really too. like the fact that he's trying to bring a certain animation style back. Yep. Uh, it feels like that sort of like 60s and 70s kids cartoon sort mm-hmm. of feel to it. The um, Thunderbirds sort of are uh, uh, what they call that super marionette is the, the style of puppetry yeah. that they call that. Um, although this one doesn't use that marionette quite so much. This is Yeah, this is mostly traditional uh, stop motion in the same way that Fantastic Mr. Fox was. But there's was. still uh, like those elements of those miniature sets yes. which are supposed to be cityscapes yep. and it feels, I don't it, know. It's meant to feel very handmade. Exactly. So a lot of like paper cutout stuff, a lot of stuff made out of cardboard um, and just, you know, dressed up really, really nicely to create a really kind of whimsical, childlike uh, uh, aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and I love the fact that in particular with this film and Fantastic Mr. Fox, everything is slightly creepy. Yeah. Like all the designs for the dogs just look kind of horrifying, but not. <laughs> it's like they almost look like a friend of mine said that they almost feel like taxidermy. Yes. Um, and I like that in a kid's film because it kind of harks back <laughs> to when we were kids and we would watch all this weird kind of crazy stuff that was also really, really bizarre and, and slightly odd and creepy but it was totally fine. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't need the saccharine kind of Sony Pictures presents the Smurfs meet Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. That's a thing. It's just like the there's no charm and there's no substance to the, the style of the 3D modeled, yeah. modeled characters that they just constantly churn out. And then once they're done with that digital file, it finds its way to like the <laughs> the Netflix TV yeah, yeah. kids spin-off Puss in Boots yep. adventures that yep. I think we've brought up in previous episodes. Um, I don't know. I... I have bad ex- a bad experience watching Fantastic Mr. Fox. Really? In that I um, bought two tickets. Yep. I asked a girl on a date to come see oh, it with no. me. And she said no. So I sat in the cinema alone and did not enjoy a moment of that film. Um, I have subsequently oh, no. rewatched it. It is a very good film. It is. I just had a very bad experience the first That's time fine. around. I'm hoping Isle of Dogs goes some way to, um, to cure my, uh, well, my wounds. Here's so. the thing. You weren't a successful Hollywood producer before then. No. You are now. Exactly. So I would use that 
clout. I'm going to go online right yeah. now and book two tickets. Yep. And just see <laughs> see who I can um, tempt along. I would book four tickets. I think right, that's <laughs> quite successful. easily get a harem. Uh, open up my little black book of uh, Hollywood A list stars and starlets and uh, and just see them. They'll be queuing up at my door. <laughs> This is dangerous producer territory, exactly. I might add. Um, so see that in cinemas later this year? Some po- at some point. At some point. Whenever Wes Anderson decides it's the perfect time to release it, probably like the autumnal equinox. When <laughs> you're in, it, it, it is, that moon. is just so Wes Anderson, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Sirius A and Sirius B are in alignment, <laughs> I'll capture the light of that star and filter it through my projector, and only then can my film be seen. <laughs> I believe he'll probably be airing it in front of like a group of dogs first. That would yeah. be the only. Yeah, they're, they're the, the, like, the, only the perfect the test premiere. audience. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm surprised the trailer didn't have like, uh, you know how it fades to black and there's a, a quote from a critic yeah. and it just says "woof" because <laughs> only dogs have seen it at this point. <laughs> yes. Uh, we we actually do love Wes Anderson films. Yeah. So I I have for the longest time said that The Life Aquatic was my favorite film. Mm. Uh, it makes me feel the full gamut of emotions, yes. unlike any other film. If actually pressed, what my actual favorite film is, yes. I'd probably have to say Basketball. <laughs> but like <laughs> Life Aquatic is a much better answer. It All makes right. me feel much okay. more worldly. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, trailer number two. Is Deadpool number two? Ah, beautiful. So, Deadpool starring Ryan Reynolds and Josh Brolin uh, as Deadpool and Cable, respectively. If you are a fan of the Marvel comics of the same name, I'm sure you're going never to heard of him. Cream yourself right now. Yeah, I I don't read the comics at all. Neither I, do I. Cable from this trailer at least tells me that he's a cyborg sent from the future. Sure. Um, Deadpool always has that sort of, well, at least from the original film element of tongue-in-cheek mm. this is like a heightened like superhero films are heightened in their own sense because yep. they're people with superhero hero powers running around in spandex fighting bad guys mm. but this one sort of acknowledges that it's just stupid and yeah. and plays into that which i kind of i enjoy it's yeah. a if you saw the first deadpool uh the character itself is very self-referential it, and it irreverent break, he breaks the fourth wall yep uh, all the time and sort of makes reference to the fact that he is currently in a film based on a comic book he'll make reference to actors, actors who have played who other characters, played other in, characters the cinematic universe, yeah. in that universe yeah so this is this is part of the x-men universe and i guess comics wise part of the avengers universe but because of the complicated nature of film studios and licensing rights uh this is only part of the x-men universe exactly uh, and uh, yeah, he does the sort of same kind of stuff in the trailer as well. I I do worry slightly about this because this feels like the same situation that Kingsman uh, came in. So yes. the first Kingsman, great, like a kind of uh, very not quite aware, but a, a sort of parody or a pastiche of the Bond films. Yeah, the uh, didn't high octane spy thriller yeah, yeah. kind of thing, but with like a. A kind of it had a very comic book kind of twist it to it did, as well. Yeah, yeah. And then you had Matthew Vaughn at the helm, who had produced um, Lockstock and yes. uh, directed X Men films. He did Kick Ass as well. Yep. So they all have that sort of very, um, uh, yeah, they're very self aware kind yep. of films. But then Kingsman Two came out, and it was just a parody of Kingsman One. Yeah, I didn't, didn't see it. I it was horrible. I hated it, and it was so over the top and so ridiculous and so lacking any of the charm that made the first one so good that it was a horrendous experience from start to finish. And I worry that Deadpool 2 might go down that road as well by being so far, like, so far into that world and so yeah. crazy and so bizarre that it's just like, yeah, I'm getting real tired of can, hearing Ryan Reynolds just shoot his mouth off Some would be a victim of the first movie's success, right? Yeah. Because, like, that, that was a bit of a surprise as well. Like, mm. we all kind of knew it was going to be a little bit like that because, yeah. right, like, the... The teasers that they sort of put out were mm. all very Ryan Reynolds being yeah, yep. very irreverent and and what have you. And then the film came and I'm like, oh, they've actually managed to blend this in quite nicely with yeah. the, with the narrative and with the story, and it kind of all works quite well. But mm. uh, who knows how they'll handle that balance the second time around? Because it is always a very delicate balance. Yeah. And had Deadpool been critically poorly received, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about it. Like they wouldn't no. have made a second film. No. They like like. Uh, Fantastic Four, which was just like absolutely horrendous, yep. and just fell by the wayside. And mm-hmm. at some point in the future, they'll reboot it yep. potentially again for the third or fourth time. Well, or- well, here's the thing: now that Fox is coming under the Disney umbrella, uh, you know, with any 
well, if you look into the future crystal ball of Disney releases, I'm sure they're going to bring all that back and jam it all into the same universe. And the thing is, with the new Deadpool film as well, it is preparing for the Disney takeover because that film has also seen its director dropped. So the director of the first Deadpool... Yeah, creative differences with Ryan Reynolds that's and they right. parted yeah. ways. Yeah, and the director of that film was really, along with Ryan Reynolds, really responsible for getting that film made in the first exactly, place. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, interesting. We'll see where Deadpool 2 goes, but that will be uh, a matter yeah, of I think, when it comes out. I think we've spoken on this podcast numerous times of how tired I am of that superhero <laughs> Uh, I really just want to see the end of it, yep. but so long as it's making money, then they'll keep making the films. Well, I suppose that's the thing with the Fox, so the Fox-led films, so the X-Men films and Deadpool, in that they're not really doing the superhero film in the same way, so Logan was a, a step in a different direction and Deadpool exactly. was a step in a different direction, so who knows? Could be good. Our third and final trailer for this week's episode is... Titan. It just occurred to me that we do emoji clues every week. Yes. And I really should start picking trailers that are much easier to do as emoji clues. I have no idea how we're going to do Titan as an emoji clue, but it is a trailer that we watched this week and it is something that we're going to talk about. Yes, it is. Uh, So Titan starring... uh, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington, who I believe probably just left some of the prosthetics on from Bright and then walked into the set for no, this No, you're thinking Joel Edgerton. I'm thinking the... Oh, Sam no. Sam Worthington's... He's still got Have his, I just been racist No, no, no. He's still got actors? his uh, prosthetics on from uh, Avatar, from Avatar. <laughs> a good decade ago or when that came out. <laughs> so, concept for this one is this seems to be a, a kind of high-concept sci-fi film. Uh, something has happened on Earth and half the population is going to be dead in like a year or so. Yeah. Uh, and they decide to start a new colony on titan which yeah. is one of jupiter's moons saturn's moon saturn's name moon? One, one of the, the moons yeah. of the super planets as part of that they decide to genetically enhance a a select group of people including our friend sam worthington yep. uh and things go wrong yeah so it, it starts out i think it looks a little bit maybe interstellar mm. a little bit passengers yep. possibly a little bit arrival that's yep. sort of like high concept uh, sci-fi near future yep. um, the world's sort of subtly different yep. uh, people are, it's all about relationships and then they're, they're doing like okay now it's military type boot camp training montages and they're all getting sort of slightly stronger yep. yeah that's kind of fine and then it goes species yeah. <laughs> like uh, suddenly Sam Worthington's wearing like a white morph suit yeah, and yeah. he looks like um, one of the one of the characters from Hellboy, the like the fish monster yep, guy from yep. Hellboy, and, and um, kind of, and he kind of looks like one of the engineers from uh, Prometheus as well. The 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 critters that have meant to like have established life on Earth. Millions oh yeah, of years yeah, ago. sure. Um, uh, so he's kind of like very pale skin, very weird eyes, almost. Yeah, they've done stuff with yeah. his face, prosthetics-wise as well. And instead of doing the sci-fi, we're going to go into space. Suddenly, yeah. he's a monster that the military is hunting, yeah. and he's fighting back to protect himself and his family. Yeah. And it's a very creature monster against the army kind of yeah. film. Um, yeah, it took a really weird turn in there. I it's was kind really of expecting did. something completely different. I, but it's an interesting turn as well, because from what I can tell from the trailer, Sam Worthington's character seems to be the protagonist of the exactly, film. Exactly, yeah. But then he makes a complete 180 and becomes the antagonist. Yeah. And I can't think of a film that's actually done that. I don't know. I, I'm not... Is he the antagonist? Because there's a well, line in there when he's just sort of like, uh, we've spent $300 million genetically engineering. We He's not a monster. We can't destroy him. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, maybe it is just they want to kill him and he wants to survive. So yeah. he could be the protagonist from there on out. But yep. is, um, it, is it just me? But is $300 million not enough money to do what they did to him? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Austin Powers. Yeah, One what? million dollars. Like, uh, yeah, this you're in uh, 2000, or oh, it's 97, I suppose, is uh, yeah. when the first one. Um, Globotech alone right, made almost $4 billion last year. <laughs> One million's not a lot of money these days. Um, yeah, I don't know, 300 it, million seems like a, a, the right large amount of money for a scientific research it project. It seems like something that should cost billions, given what they're doing. But anyway, what do I know about science? <laughs> <laughs> We've dabbled only in the occult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interest, yeah, I'm not sure. It, it's hard to tell. He has a, a wife and a kid as well yeah. in it. Uh, so there may be... Uh, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a thing where he... Where Harrison Ford's trying to protect his family That's from right. the monster. <laughs> That's, That's right, yep. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah, it, it looks interesting. Sam Worthington hasn't done much. Lately, he did a little bit of TV recently with like a those uni bomber he was in. Oh, okay. Um, he's done one or two Australian films yep, here and there. Yep. But and, I mean, there was a point in what two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. We did Avatar. He did the Terminator reboot. Yes, he was. It was, was two thousand seven. I think. Yeah, yeah. Salvation. Um, or was it Salvation? Yeah, sure. Terminator Salvation. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he was he was the big action star who was up and coming. Signed on to do a whole bunch of Avatar sequels, and then kind of just fell away. Really, <laughs> he wasn't in a whole lot for a long I time. I think James Cameron has been keeping him in cold storage for a while. Exactly. Because <laughs> like James Cameron is like, yeah, we're making three more Avatar films, and we're sort of set for films until you know, 2030 or something because everyone loved the lore of Avatar so much that we just need to have that many more films. Yeah. But I think contractually, uh, he's been in cold storage. <laughs> so, yeah. Cold storage yeah, in yeah. the Mariana Trench. Yeah. And that's like James Cameron says he's going down there to do research, <laughs> but it's just to retrieve Sam Worthington. Yeah, because he wants, I think what's going to happen while he's down there is obviously he's in cold storage, so his skin's going to go naturally blue. Exactly. And the pressure differential down there is just going to naturally elongate all his limbs. So yep. he won't have to be CGI'd and motion captured next time. Not he at will all. just be one of those blue alien things what yeah they call? i don't know who knows I hated that film. white sea mo- you're talking about prometheus right talking about, i was talking about avatar oh right yeah, okay I, just- I thought it was like yeah again uh white alien blue yeah. alien um maybe maybe the titan is just a prequel to prometheus which is a prequel to alien yeah sorry no it's um uh titan is a prequel to prometheus which is a prequel to whatever the sequel to prometheus was which oh, is, that already came out, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. Oh, yeah. That came and went and I didn't even notice. Didn't care. Uh, which was a sequel to Alien, which was a sequel to Aliens, which was a sequel to Aliens 3. Which is a uh, prequel to <laughs> Avatar? Uh, how yes. does that fit? Or is, is Avatar <laughs> the film that completes the cycle? I think it does, So you yeah. can actually watch Avatar as either the first film yep. and then watch the rest of them or you can save it for the last film and it all, all still makes James sense. James Cameron has got his own cinematic universe going and it does include Avatar, it does include Aliens and it does include The Terminator as well. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. Without without a, a one single like he has done films in all of those franchises. Yeah, he has, yeah. Um, and he's responsible. Oh wow, yeah. The, I, think there, about there, it. there has to be there has to be a fan theory that like I think we'll go on Reddit and see if we can find the fan theory that links all of uh, all of James Cameron's films. He also directed Piranha Two back in <laughs> back in I think the late seventies or the early eighties. So go. tie that in there as well. All right, so we've got our uh, three trailers for this week. Yes, we do. Um, there's ideas percolating, bubbling so away. So many of them. So let's um, let's recap what we've got. So we've got a nostalgic, kiddish, kid- uh, animated yep. uh, film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a superhero. Let's just call it. It's just a superhero film. We can we can do our own spin of it. This is the irreverent, tongue-in-cheek, self-referential superhero Breaking film. Breaking the fourth wall, kind yeah. of. Yeah, and then we have superhero. the. Um, near future sci-fi creature film yeah sci-fi horror sci-fi thriller maybe creature yeah. film yeah so Great. i believe last week i chose so this yes. week uh you get to pick which of those three film genres we're going to do um i'll give you a moment to percolate on it yep. as we uh walk to the green room yes, and we'll indeed. have your answer when we get there right after this Which one will it be? I mean, first, just let me bask in the green. I have painted it all now. It ha- I mean... It's nice. Yeah. Um, so, initially, I was thinking, and I think we should actually go for this, but a like a, a nostalgic kids classic stop-motion animated film. I like it. Yeah. I, I like... I mean, the other two are very movie film studios in that they're going to be high energy high action films mm. but the the public is on such a high from steel chalk um or they will be when we finally get around to um releasing it that like we need we need to uh diversify our portfolio That's right. to get the biggest number of people into the cinema yeah. to watch the widest variety of films here's the thing i mean steel chalk is going to be rated at the very least like an ma15 plus exactly. right or even possibly a hard r in the u.s uh, so we need something to counterbalance that for the Hollywood, the US release schedule. Exactly. Uh, so we can't just release another R-rated film. That's right. too many. So, kids nostalgic animated film. Kids nostalgic animated film. Uh, so I like the idea of basing it around stuff that doesn't usually communicate or stuff that can't communicate in languages that we understand. So in the same way that 
Wes used dogs, which we can't usually understand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we should also center our or ground our film around a creature or an object or something that doesn't usually speak. Yep. Yeah, okay. Or doesn't communicate in a way that we understand. So while you're while you're thinking about that, um, the characters and the the world, I'm actually stuck on the animation style. Oh yeah. Like I'm going. I mentioned the Super Marionette. I watched a documentary about Thunderbirds, which is really interesting. Yep. And then obviously all the bonus features for Team America, and mm. you realize that the technology for Team America to be much more seamless than it was was there. Yep. But they decided to sort of lean into Keep that animation cheap, yeah. style. Um, Robot Chicken does a really kind of neat thing where they take action figures and yep. do stop stop motion animations of that. Yep. Um, there's a whole bunch of really sort of cool animation styles out yeah, there. Yeah. I think potentially what we choose to do, which animation style we choose might inform which inanimate object or which creature type we uh, we lean into for the story. So. so there's a thought going through my head right now about the animation style. And what I want to do is I love the Thunderbirds aesthetic. I love that like you can see the strings and you can see that they're kind of floppy and dangling around. But I want to blow that up to a larger scale. So I want to put human actors into suits that are then tied... We then tie strings to their limbs and we puppeteer actual humans in suits. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It looks a little bit crash test dummy-ish yes. in my mind. And there's this weird um, push and pull, yep. but literally, yep. as both the puppeteer and the actor yep. try and assert their dominance on the character. Yeah. So you have these very sort of um, bipolar characters because mm. they're not necessarily always in the right mood or the right action. Yep. So it's, yeah, kind of interesting there. So what what, what then leads to that? You know, actually, I think I've got it. I think, yep. it, it's, I think it's insects, right? Yep. Because I, I say there's a push and pull, yep. but a lot of the time there has to be that um, a symbiotic relationship. Yes. Because while the actors can control four out of the six legs, <laughs> the puppeteers then are responsible for the other two as oh, well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And the, so, so, yeah, you have... A combination of puppeteers and yep. humans yep. trying to control these um, uh, sort of morph suit kind of things <laughs> that are um, that are insects. And the, yep. I mean, again, you, you mentioned it, I think, uh, with this sort of like in mind of uh, being four limbed. But the fact that they're now six limbed mm. means, yeah, th- these people have to, they're coexisting yeah. as they a character and they yes. have to work together. Yes, indeed. All right. Bugs it is or insects. Um, so if we're going to do insects... Uh, I think we should figure out a nice kind of setting for them. And I like the idea of like the grimy world of insects. So more of the intercity insect life. Oh, right. Okay. So not this sort of idyllic, like paradise kind of style, because uh, that's been done. I'd want to, I want to do gritty urban city bugs. Right. The kind of... So you've got a bit of a, a fievel, um an American tale. Yep. Where it's just, you know, the, the rat living in the sewer was promised a better life, but yep. still has to sort of eke, eke itself by. Yep. Um, it's got some, again, Joe's apartment is about a guy who lives in an apartment and makes friends with thousands of talking cockroaches. <laughs> I'm just sort of spitballing here. In my mind as well, I've got the scene from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids where they're yep. riding on the back of an ant yep. with the... Um, the piece of food to, to yep. l- on the end of a stick to lure it forward. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I really like this idea that we, we actually take a page out of Titan's playbook yep. and the world is ending, right? Yep. And it's a common known fact that cockroaches can survive a nuclear holocaust. Yep. But they, um, all the other insects yep. are building a spaceship, an arc, <laughs> an interplanetary arc. Yep. To um to escape because yep. they don't have the cockroaches power. So we set up the cockroaches as the um uh capitalist overlords of this society. Sure. Um and then there's a bunch of other insects who are this sort of ragtag motley crew. Mm. And while you kind of get the sense that maybe they're going to go into space, mm. the the film isn't about that. It's yep. about them trying to get. The, the, the space arc off the ground. I'm actually getting flashes of Gattaca. Yeah, yeah Whether yeah. the last film is them sort of just boarding the spaceship, yep. potentially. Who knows if they'll make it or not? Who knows? We yeah. do. We're not going to spoil it for you yet. <laughs> they definitely do. Um, it is a kid's film. It is. And so and so it's it's more of their interpersonal relationships as they try yeah, and yeah. navigate the politics of building the ship yep. in secret from the cockro- cockroach over overlords. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I, quite, I quite like that idea. That yeah. sort of... So I like so the uh, the cockroaches are sort of in charge of or sort of in control over natural resources as well. Yeah. So 
there's a kind of like uh so the, this ragtag bunch of uh, this motley crew of insects is raiding the sort of facilities of the cockroaches to steal yeah these uh these materials and resources that they need to build this ark to get off the planet because yeah. the cockroaches don't care right so the cockroaches are like yeah we're we're fine we need all this stuff for when the nukes go off exactly we're going to be the last ones here so you know don't even don't even try to come and steal our stores yeah um but you know we all just want life maybe that's the motto of this film the moral is just like we all want life let's just share it It, well the i'm just thinking the opposite problem of the wes anderson um is where they can build an entire city on a table and film it yeah this is the opposite of where something which is normally quite small we then have to build at human scale to fit our uh insect yeah, actor yeah, yeah. hybrid yeah. people in there and because we can't do we we want it to have that kind of hand-built or exactly. handmade aesthetic as well so we're gonna have to make like giant cardboard houses so yeah, w- absolutely. Looks like giant, yeah. So cardboard. It, it looks like it's made out of corrugated yeah. card, but it is actually full human scale. <laughs> yeah. And then I think there's a there's a that weird um film technique where you like shoot with like a pinhole camera. Yep. And even real world stuff looks stop looks, motion yeah, animated. Yep. Great. So it is it is the most difficult <laughs> possible way of going about yeah. making something to look stop motion animated possible. <laughs> most directors and filmmakers would say that actually doing stop motion animation is is quite difficult. Yes. Right? Like you can only do a second's worth of footage in a day because it's like 24 frames yeah. a second. We are needlessly complicating it exactly. and making it even worse by shooting at such a huge scale and using actual people in suits who are With, being puppeteered. Yeah, who are puppeteering. And then there's there's like uh, the guy obviously using the marionette puppeteering to control yeah. legs, but you also have guys with remote controls who are doing the animatronic uh, yep. mandibles yep, as yep. like to control the um, the voicing yep. and stuff like that. And, um, and I would also say that the the mouth movements just need to be like open, close, flappy, flap kind of, uh, again, like Thunderbirds and like Team yeah. America. They're kind of just like... I think, I think they actually have the technology where they can mic up the actors yeah. and use the waveforms to yeah. then artificially control that's right. that's the why mandibles. We, yeah, but see, that's why we're using real actors because exactly. the real actors on set can actually act and their, their dramatic yeah. mouth movements and their dramatic facial expressions are converted to so our very simple puppets. Absolutely nothing computer generated no, in this at all no like even like we have to go to extreme lengths if you want the the insects to blink yep. a lot of the time what they do now is they'll have practical effects but little yeah, things yeah. like blinking and not and ear twitching they'll they'll put in in cg yep. no we're gonna build complicated <laughs> membrane rigs to to like make these things realistically yeah. look like they're I think blinking if we can get them to attach to the actor's eyeballs as well so that when the actor blinks the puppet version yep, of it absolutely as well. little little micro sensors on um, yeah. when the eyelashes touch together it's going to be really uncomfortable yep, for exactly. them exactly uh, the 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 bee character who yep. um has its flapping uh, yeah. membrane wings yep. going to have to build some sort of jet propulsion to actually make <laughs> allow it to suspend off the ground oh okay um, so it's not even going to be a like we we hoist them up on a rig oh so we want 100% no computer generate so we can't even use like wires and then erase them in post no oh, okay. uh, how, how are you going to erase wires in post without sort of um uh, okay. digital effects yeah, yeah. okay so well, yeah fair enough you have to use jetpacks <laughs> okay. for all flying uh, all flying of insects yeah of course how are we going to hide the jet effects though oh well this is i mean that's just going to have, have to be clever framing uh, okay. quite obviously yeah. like the rest of the set is going to be blown away <laughs> as jet engine propelled hot air <laughs> is like streaming out the back and this is going to be incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> for the actor as well um it's going to be a massive fire risk as well most I of mean, the set's made out of cardboard exactly no it's not actually made out of cardboard oh, it's though. not okay no it's it's a fire resistant polymer <laughs> that just looks like uh, uh corrugated okay, yeah. card well we're gonna have to make that polymer as well yeah we've got the r&d team working on it oh, we have well. an r&d team yeah it's right, uh right. yeah it's just you isn't it it is it's me <laughs> me and my mum. uh i keep it in the family exactly nice. all right let's figure out who our collection of insects is well, that's be. exactly so, so we've, we've got, got the bee got the bee and uh, the ant i think I, the ant is the every insect right yeah, yeah. when you when someone says uh an insect has six legs you just go yeah it's an ant it's an ant because yeah. any anything else is just like ant plus yeah like what's a bee it's an ant plus wings and a stinger yeah and you know because the ant it doesn't have wings it's just that you're base model and then you have all <laughs> the optional extras to add on top of insect <laughs> ant base model to to make all the special ones yeah you can customize them through a special website yeah. what's what's like a, a beetle it's well it's an ant with armor isn't it really when you, when you think about it 
who needs all this sort of taxonomy yeah. Latin words for all this? Just think think about it a, as ant plus something. A stick insect is just a stretch ant. Exactly. It's exactly. just been stretched out and dipped in green paint. Grasshopper, it's just an ant with big jumpy legs. Just- <laughs> All right, so have, have we, I think we've just come up with our ensemble cast. We have, we have ant, beetle, <laughs> yep, grasshopper, grub- stick insect, and bees. <laughs> okay, correct. This is actually <laughs> feeling very James and the Giant Peach at the moment <laughs> as well, which I, I really quite so enjoy as well. It's feeling a little bug's life as well, if I'm yeah. being honest. Uh, but definitely nowhere near it, though. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, we also need... So we've got a, a so some cockroaches as well as our antagonists. Yeah. Now, we really should give them... See, they, I mean, they can also be ants as well that have just gotten a bit dirty. And like, no, it's okay. Here's why. Here's why cockroaches are nuke resistant. Because they were just ants once that got a little bit of nuclear the, exposure. Yeah, genetically mutated. In, mutated, mutated, genetically ants. enhanced. Big flat um, ants. It's, yeah, big flat brown ants. Yeah, yeah with, with wings, but they don't ever use to fly. No, well, they sometimes do. Just, they sometimes do to freak you out. Just to freak you out, yeah. Okay, great. So... Uh, we need how many of those antagonist cockroaches should there be? I've already come up with the actor that I want to play the main oh, really? lead cockroach. Main lead, yeah, yeah. Who? Dennis Quaid. <laughs> For some reason, in my mind, he's the perfect and uh, yep. big flat cockroach um, antagonist. Um, okay. I, and I don't know why. <laughs> but it's, I'm, it's I'm an, fine with that. It's an absolutely I'm fine with that. perfect yeah. casting. I think and we just know perfect. he's not up to anything as well. <laughs> This is the thing too. Like all of our actors are going to have to be comfortable wearing these cumbersome suits that allow them some expression, but nothing that's actually exactly. worthwhile. And then also being puppeted externally. I mean, how are we going to? They're going to have all the appendages are going to have to be remote controlled as well because we can't erase the the strings. No, we just paint the strings to camouflage him with the, okay, the background. Okay, with the background. Okay, great. Yeah, because like we can do that for some of like for the the legs. Yep. But like the when we have motion like big flying motion across the screen, yep, yep. it's much more difficult to yep. to mask. So right. so we need. I reckon this film needs a nice chase scene in a canal. Oh uh, yeah. In a, in a kind of or maybe a stormwater drain or something. Uh, so they all get on some kind of raft. Yep. Uh, maybe like an old can. So we have to build a giant can-looking yeah. thing um, that they all like sail down into a like stormwater drain. Let's just say it's raining; it's a stormy night, so they're being tossed along. Cockroaches are actually flying. Yeah. So it becomes actually it's turning into the Death Star trench run, is what it is. Oh, that's but a good like, one. Insect style. It is. It is the final check. Like they have to get from point A to point B yeah, where yeah, their yeah. space rocket is. Yep. Um. How are they shooting down the cockroaches? Like, there has to be some sort of weaponized... Uh, yep. Um, the initial thought was just, like, the leftover beans in the can. So they've got limited ammo, so they're tossing those back. Would a bean, um, like, really, like, wipe out? I'm thinking, like, toothpick skewer. Toothpick skewer, Or even, yeah. like, you know you know how the butterflies are, like, have the pin through them yeah, yeah. Uh, in the uh, <laughs> in the museums? When they're like, dead. Yeah, when they're dead. So, so like, you know, uh, the insects have sort of taken that to being, yep. well, the most deadly weapon of all yep. is, like, uh, a dress pin. <laughs> and so all of their weapons fire these dress pins to skewer insects oh, into, into yeah, the wall yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, they become kind of museum exhibits after this. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, great, yeah. So that's it, and they're, they're racing to reach the uh, the place where their arc is. Yeah. Uh, some, they sh- yeah. There needs to be a sequence where, or there needs to be a bit where something is closing. Like, they, they need to race there before the time runs out because otherwise it's going to close the access to the arc. Yeah. Uh, oh, this, that's a perfect moment for one of the insects to do this, the self-sacrifice, right? Yeah, yeah. They're holding it open, letting everyone else through, yep. and then realizing they're going to have to let themselves yep. Yep. die to save the rest of them. I think stick insects should do that. I was I was going um, uh, beetle in my mind because okay. he's the big burly guy, yep. but I like stick insect propping open. The, maybe yep. they both do it. Yeah. It's just like, no, I want to be the one who self-sacrifices yeah. to save the mission. Yeah. No, I want to be the one who self-sacrifices <laughs> to save the mission. Maybe, like, the entire film, they could be, like, at each other's throats. Yes. And then this last moment is, like, their redemptive uh, point where they suddenly realise that, like... Yeah, because they're, like, complete opposites of each other, right? Exactly. So one's, like, short and stumpy. The other one's, like, long, tall and slender. Yeah. They're always at each other's throats because they want to be, like, the ultra-burly hero of the of the group but they keep wanting up each other and keep kind of screwing each other over. Then this last moment, the the gate's about to close. All right. 
we've got the character relationship. We've got their climactic scene. Who are these actors? Who are these actors? Right. Uh, so we've got Stick Insect. We've got B. We've got Beetle. No, no. I, I specifically just want to know Beetle and Stick Insect. Beetle and Stick Insect. The the. 3PO R2D2 sort of thing. It's a different different relationship. I also, in my head, it's a little bit John Goodman yeah. uh, and uh, the dude, uh, Jeff Bridges. Yep, sure. But we, we've can't, they but were in... Um, we also need to think about physicality as well because okay. like, the actors need to kind of fit their costumes. Yep. So the two, oh, right. okay, the, yep. the two options I immediately thought of was Danny DeVito for the Beatle and then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> Jabbar, the basketball player, yeah. who is quite old now, um, should play the stick in I think I think those guys would have been good mm-hmm. in the 80s. <laughs> we need to figure out who, who our modern-day contemporary okay. guys are. Uh, who, so- who's the modern-day Danny DeVito? It's still Danny DeVito. It's <laughs> really no one's doing Danny DeVito <laughs> no. quite like Danny DeVito is. Um, I mean, the, uh, see, yeah, let's see. This is the, we do run into a slight issue because we are casting for physicality as well. Yeah, uh, because in terms of like um, shorter statured actors who are you know quite popular, there's uh, what's his name from Game of Thrones, um, and he was also in one of the oh, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yeah. Uh, and I like because his kind of mannerism as well. He would play that kind of gruff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, perfect. Absolutely. Get perfect. out of my face, kind of, kind of personality. But he needs to go up against he's, someone. He's like he's very hard shelled, both yeah. sort of like figuratively yeah. and literally. And literally. Yeah. Uh, so he needs to then go up against another actor who is, again, I want to go back to Game of Thrones. Um, what's her name? Who was also in Star Wars as well, playing Captain Phasma. Uh, oh yeah. She is. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. She and is inc- Peter Dinklage. Yeah, she is incredibly tall. Yes, she is. Uh, and I feel like she could play the stick insect, and they could play. I don't know what their relationship is on Game of Thrones. I don't watch the show. Have those? Oh yeah, those characters have met. Yeah. Maybe uh, she has more of a relationship with his character's older brother, but okay. that's fine. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. I was thinking more Sigourney Weaver because she's got that quite sort of tall basketball. Oh, yeah. But I think Gwendolyn Christie yep. is the modern. Sigourney Weaver. She is, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so Peter Dinklage and Sigourney Weaver as Stick Insect and, <laughs> and Beetle. Beetle. Yep. Um, so we need uh, Bee, Bumblebee. Yep. Uh, we need Grasshopper. Yep. And then we need our main character of Ant. Ant, yep. So if we go with the James and the Giant Peach thing, like the Grasshopper, you know how it rubs its back legs and it chirps? Yep. It's got that old sort of violinist feel yeah, to... Yeah, yep. Why don't we go somewhat similar but very different in like electric guitarist okay yep. so like grasshopper in this one is like this cool musician and we, yeah. we troll the world of musicians yep and actually sort of bring someone in yep uh who can who can play that character all right so i immediately went to slash from uh yeah again roses but not would have been good enough. this is you're almost casting I know. If, if we're doing the remake yeah you've, you've told us what our cast was in the original yep. which was back in the 80s um, what about Ed oh, Sheeran? You reckon yeah. he's a good... Again, I think we're just casting from Game of you Thrones. Game of Ed Thrones Sheeran was going to Game of Thrones as well. Um, maybe that's how we get interest. Yeah. These, these, obviously, yeah, yeah. it's a kid's film and they yeah. have absolutely no idea. That's right, so years yeah. later when they go and watch Game of Thrones because their parents <laughs> finally allow them to watch that uh, um, some adult themes and nudity <laughs> content that HBO is so great. Yeah. They'll, they'll recognise all of yeah, their yeah, favourite yeah. actors from yeah. their favourite kid's film now doing incredibly violent and horrific yeah. things to one another. <laughs> so we've got the the dragon girl. That's she's Amelia Clark. Yep, that's her. Yep. Uh, so she can play Bumblebee. Bumble. I actually quite like her as Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. She. It's a bit sort of like flitty, flighty sort of. Yeah. yeah. Um. And because like I know she's not blonde in real life, but in that in Game of Thrones, she's she's white haired, isn't she? Or yeah. Very, very Daenerys pale. Stormborn has. Yeah. She wears a, a a very platinum blonde wig yep. in that. Bees are yellow. Yeah, Perfect. flying around, occasionally yep. fire sprouting out Spri- from... Yeah, exactly. But again, not no, really, it's not supposed to, but... Flying animals that have weapons, bees have stingers, absolutely. dragons have fire. It's, it's, it's yeah, very similar. It is absolutely very, very similar, which all that remains is <laughs> ants. <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to leave this one to you now. I kind of want Sean Bean, but yep. again, I think Sean Bean no, probably played ant in the 80s he did, version no, of no, the Sean, film. Sean Bean played ant in the 90s version of the film. When Sean Bean was doing all the action films and dying a lot. Sean Bean's probably a bit too grizzled and old. Uh, And you you know who it is. Who? It's Kit Harington. Yep. Uh, Kit Harington as Ant. Yeah. Um, Jon Snow uh, is, is, uh, yeah, he's got that. Yeah, for sure. He he did that very brief foray into um, 
uh, high budget action films with Pompeii yes. and it didn't pay out. Nope. And now he's in uh, also what is turning out to be an incredibly high budget kids <laughs> film. Um, uh, and, and he will be playing our main role of Ant. Yeah. Brilliant. I think that's our entire cast. Does that mean we have to recast Dennis Quaid? Well, or, or can we just hope, cross our fingers and go, please cast Dennis Quaid yeah. in the final series of yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones, guys? <laughs> I know you want to. That's what, Yeah, that's what we're going to have to do. He, so, was, he was actually in Dragonheart with yeah. a dragon. Yeah. I mean, we can just say that we got confused and we thought Dragonheart <laughs> no, 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 was like a not, prequel to Game of Thrones. You're not thinking big enough. We have to just now get Dennis Quaid cast in Game of Absolutely. Thrones. Absolutely. So it's not a thing where we hope they do it. No, we make sure they do it. Or, or what we do is we break into the the Game of Thrones archives yeah. and we cut scenes from Dragonheart <laughs> into the into the yeah. archival so, footage of Game of Thrones and uh, no no we need we need to hack HBO yes so I mean Game of Thrones is not going to finish until what 2020 or something now they announced or 2019 is really? when the last season yeah so out. yeah so we're going to have to hack into HBO um, look at their work in progress stuff or wait until they're finished filming digitally insert Dennis Quaid in there yeah. and then just release it. And then somehow Sean Connery, I am the last one, somehow gets in there as well. Oh, then we're going to have to cast Sean Connery in our film as well. That's, I mean, it's all right. No, I think I think just his version of the dragon uh, <laughs> it being in Game of Thrones, I'd just be very happy would, with that. I would be very happy. I think, in fact, I'd really actually want to go through and just get all the footage of the dragons <laughs> in, in Game of Thrones yep. and then just cut, cut in. Sean Connery's lines <laughs> from Dragonheart over the top. That'd be fantastic. It would be completely fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I would watch that. I think that's it. I think that's a wrap. It is almost oh, no, a wrap. It's not a wrap. I'm we need... sorry. I'm, I'm unwrapping as we speak. Oh, we need a name for we the film. We need a name for this film, yes. Uh, so we've got insects. We've got puppeteering. We need... I mean, the influence for this film is Wes Anderson. Yep. And he is a big fan of the kind of whimsical... Uh, unwieldy kind of names, like the Grand Budapest Hotel, The Darjeeling Life of Aquatic Limited, Steve Zizou. Zizou. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of need I think it's it needs a good mixture of like a, a, a rando weird name. Yeah. With a whole heap of adjectives. I think we need we need to quickly jump onto Wikipedia and find out what like the Latin name is for the order of like insects or something like that. Oh, like yeah. insetifae or <laughs> what I, again I, I couldn't actually tell you what it is, but Yeah, so like like the curious case of the yeah. something something. Uh hang on. So let, oh we, I mean we need to look at ant. Yeah, sure. Because as we as we mentioned, all insects come from ants. Belong to the order Hymenoptera. Ho- Hymenoptera, which Hymenoptera. means uh, membrane wing. There we go. Um, sure. That's that's bees are Hymenoptera as yep. well. Beetles, I imagine all of them. Beetles would be as well. They've got wings. Yeah. Uh, sure. Sure. It's a very specific type of wing. Yeah. But sure. Uh, um. Uh, so Hymenoptera is in there somewhere, <laughs> which is great. Um, so I think you I just... like I like I kind of like the 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 along the lines of the curious case of yep. or I, I think I think the word arc kind of needs to potentially yeah, yeah. make it make a appearance in there. Yep. Why not? Uh, we go with you know how it's the life aquatic with yeah. Steve Sisu. Yeah. It's um, uh, flight of the Hymenopteric arc. Yep. With um. <laughs> <laughs> why not just flight of the hymenoptric arc flight of the hymenoptric art yes the or, curious or, no. why, don't, why don't we just call it the hymenoptrix the hymenoptrix uh, is the name of the spaceship yep um so it's the flight of the hymenoptrix yep and then like in a very sort of like wes anderson yep. brackets down the bottom a curious tale um yeah a, 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 a curious insect adventure yeah um or something like that yep because insects don't have tails. Oh, no, no they do. No, no wait, wait, I don't know my... It's it's head, thorax, and abdomen. Ah, oh, where's, my, where's my biology taking me? <laughs> wait, what's the name of this film again? The, the, uh, the Flight of the, the Hymenoptrix, in brackets, a curious... I don't even like, know if I like the brackets anymore. No, the curious flight of the hymenopteryx. That is perfect. That's we, is. we we knew curious had to be it in there has somewhere. To be in there because the that, curious flight of the, the hymenopteryx. Yeah, is the name of this very yeah. not confusing at all I kids think film. Instead of a subtitle, we do need to have uh, in the same way that it, it's always sort of labelled a film by Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's a film by Isaac and AJ. Yeah. And in the bottom and sort of in nice small font. In, yeah, in, in, very very sans serify. Futura uh, is the font. Futura, we yes, that's He's the font a very, we want to use. Right, right. <laughs> I assure you, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> that's a wrap. You're not sure? Comic Sans? I quite like Comic Sans. 
<laughs> no, the the title of the film will be in Comic Sans, <laughs> but the a film by Isaac and AJ will be in Futura. All right, so uh, a curious the the curious flight of the Hymenopteryx. Yes, a film by Isaac and AJ. Yes, a stop motion full scale. A full scale stop motion film. Yep. by Isaac and AJ. By Isaac and AJ. <laughs> That's that is a wrap. That is where we will put that to, <laughs> to bed for now. <laughs> okay. Uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping, indeed. Uh, again, we've you may have noticed we've changed up the format a little bit, and in doing so, the emoji clue game on Facebook mm. uh, has changed up a little bit. Yep. So every week now on a uh, Monday, we'll be posting the clues for. Je- I mean, at the moment, it's been three trailers. I mm-hmm. think three is quite a nice balance. Uh, see if you can guess all three. At the moment, we're still running uh, f- our three trailers from Steel Chalk, <laughs> and uh, Luke is in the lead with one out of three one correct. Out of three, yeah. Uh, who can get the other two? Who knows? Uh, Tuesday, we'll be posting up the trailers for mm-hmm. the films that we've uh, watched, uh, so you can uh, watch them in anticipation for our Wednesday podcast release. Indeed. Uh, you can find all that on Facebook as well. Uh, we are on the web. We are moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, some bios of us and some other bits and pieces, including a list of every single film we've ever released With on our synopses and actors Indeed. and plots and all sorts of stuff. Uh, we're on Twitter, but please don't go there because we don't really do anything on Twitter. One day. Unless S- you- small social media steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you are curious about curious. If you are curious about Twitter, we are at moviefilmstudio. No studios. Uh, we are on Podbean, we're on iTunes, and we are on pretty much any other platform where you get podcasts except for SoundCloud and except for Stitcher. So don't go there because <laughs> they're not there and they never will be. Well, they might be there one day, but they're not there now. Exactly. I think it's SoundCloud and Stitcher are for only for podcasts that get sponsored by Squarespace sure. and yep. Audible and yep. all those other yep. uh, media platforms. One day we'll have advertisers <laughs> who pay us to do this, but until then, it's just our own we creative have to, juices yeah, flowing. We have to make do with the profits we make on our films instead. Yeah. You until know, we get that lucrative podcasting <laughs> money. <laughs> Everyone knows that's that's where the retirement fund really is. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that's it. I think that is all. Uh, all that remains to be said is to thank you all for listening again this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Bye.